0: Welcome to Looking at Lucasfilm, the podcast with a different perspective on the world of Star Wars, Indiana Jones, and all of the other entities that George Lucas, Kathleen Kennedy, Dave Filoni, and Jon Favreau have dreamed up over the past 40 years. I'm entertainment writer Jim Hill, and my co-host Brian Gahn and I are recording this show on Wednesday, October 19th, 2022, and seven years ago tonight, October 19th, 2015, The official trailer of Star Wars The Force Awakens premiered during ESPN's Monday Night Football. Uh, It was during a game between the New York Giants and the Philadelphia Eagles. By the way, the Eagles stomped the Giants 27 to 7.
1: And you saw this in in real time, right? Yeah, and I think it it must have been a big thing for Mm -hmm. ESPN. They probably had the biggest numbers. I watched the game. I wasn't too much interested in it because they're East Coast teams. But it was very exciting watching it for the first time because you know, we were waiting for years for something like this and then Luke Skywalker was coming back. So it was something you wanted you wanted to see and it, it was cool. And then that was it. I was done with the game and I turned on <laughs> something else. Probably NCIS. So, ah. like <laughs> But I, I, I bet the, after they showed it, I bet the, the ratings went down and it was mm-hmm. funny too because i think i think it may have been during halftime and the announcers mm-hmm. announced it like it was mm-hmm. part of the game so that was that was kind of funny the the whole abc or the whole espn disney mm-hmm. synergy at work again
0: do you remember the stories about they put The Phantom Menace trailer in front of Meet Joe Black. Yeah,
1: it was based on Death Takes a Holiday. There we go. And directed by uh, Martin Bress, who is still one of my favorite directors.
0: There we go. But I I love the stories of there'd be this full theater full of people for Meet Meet Joe Black. And the Phantom Menace would would air. And then two-thirds of the theater would get up out of their seats and walk out. Because they had come to see that. Or at least for the opening weekend.
1: Remember, then they put the trailer online they did they did and what about three million or thirty hundred million people saw it or something
0: well if if we're (laughs) going to be specific here it was supposedly (laughs) viewed 128 million times online during the first 24 hours and then the moment after the trailer was screened on espn monday night football it, it then became you could Buy your advance tickets, and so Fandango crashed, AMC, you know, theaters' website crashed, movietickets.com went down. So the people at Disney had to be really happy, and at the same time, they had to be scared because they spent 256 million to 306 million on the production of The Force Awakens, and only Solo a Star Wars story was more expensive. The you know it was the first one was the really 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 expensive one and obviously Solo a Star Wars story because of the reshoot. You know that was what drove up the cost there but it gets released it makes 2 billion 60 million dollars during its its initial theatrical release which to this day it is the highest grossing domestically released film. Avatar still holds the title for the highest-grossing film release worldwide. That's 2.9 billion dollars. Wow. Back then the the future of Star Wars seemed to be on film, and these days it's limited series and Episode 7 of Star Wars Andor became available for viewing on Disney Plus, and Brian and I will be sharing our thoughts on that episode which was entitled an announcement on the second half of today's show. But first comes the news. And as always, the news portion of uh, Looking at Luke's Film is brought to you by Storybook Destination, trusted travel partner of the Jim Hill Media Podcast Network. For a worry-free travel experience every time, please book online at storybookdestinations.com. We were just talking about Star Wars Episode Seven, The Force Awakens, because the co-producer of that film, Michelle Rajwan, who up until recently was the Senior Vice President of Live Action Development and Production at Lucasfilm. Did you see where the trades were announcing early today that she's she's leaving her post?
1: Did she get that post after Force Awakens?
0: Well, yeah. She started off as the co-producer of that film. So she
1: was one of J.J.'s people?
0: Yeah. She actually came over from Bad Robot. Okay. And then uh, she was a full-on producer of Last Jedi. And then from there, she got this overarching gig. Now she has a new deal where she's serving as a producer at both Lucasfilm and Walt Disney. Studios. And
1: Disney, Yeah. But she's still, she's still producing mm. or she's still on Willow. She's still walking Willow through. Yep. And I heard that if the Tai Tai Watiki mm. film goes, that she'll be producer on that one too.
0: Yeah. So. not quite You know, I, I still want that one to happen because Taiko wants to try to do the first Star Wars film that doesn't yeah. actually reference this, the Skywalker saga.
1: Do you consider that a step back, or do you consider that maybe just exploring other? I mean, they're not getting rid of her. Oh or, no, 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 is no. No, a it, way-
0: no if, if anything, she produced Obi Wan. She's one of the talents behind Andor, and as you mentioned she's behind the willow limited series i mean if anything the fact that she signed an overall deal with lucasfilm and walt disney studios is just sort of like we'd like to spread the wealth around okay come over here and do things for the mouse house
1: that's like they they um they want everybody to know that maybe um kevin feige may do a star wars film too just like keep it you know make everybody happy
0: what <laughs> makes everybody happy at Disney these days is raising prices, but we're not going to talk uh, about that. All yes. right, but I was trying to find out whether or not Rejuan had anything to do with the Osaka, blah, Ahsoka limited series that Lucasfilm has in the works, and you were mentioning that that's been in production since two weeks before Star Wars Celebration, right? Yeah. Well, uh, the word is that production may finally be winding down. Uh, Louis Bordizo she plays Sabine Wren posted on Instagram I guess earlier this week she just wrapped on the project and very much looking forward to the show showing up on Disney Plus but as of right now all we have for info is it's it's due to debut sometime in early 2023 no no locked in date
1: well if they're wrapping things up mm-hmm. I mean they still haven't really officially announced who Thrawn was going to be mm-hmm. but I did hear that Lars Mikkelsen mm-hmm. has signed to be Thrawn. Mm-hmm. And of course he was the voice in the cartoon in um, Rebels. So, I mean, that would be a great thing that happened, but I mean, or are they going to shoot the whole Thrawn slash um, Ezra thing near the end? Are they doing it in order? I mean, I well, I, I suppose they were doing no. each episode in order. Mm-hmm. Do you know how many, is it six episodes? Because this is a long time for six episodes.
0: It is. But are we going to get like our nine half-hour-long episodes that we got for She-Hulk, or are we going to get our 12 relatively hefty 45 to 50-minute long of, of Star Wars Anders? I just get the sense lately that, at least on the Disney Plus side of things, they're playing around with, oh, well, how how
1: many episodes? How long is this season? I think um, WandaVision and She-Hulk... Mm -hmm. At first, WandaVision was kind of like in the comedy Mm -hmm. aspect of things, and so was She Hulk. Mm -hmm. And remember, Mel Brooks said, You can't have a comedy movie more than 90 minutes, or you just, people just lose. How long can they laugh, type of thing? So a half an hour sitcom, Mm -hmm. or I don't know, they're not situation comedies, Mm -hmm. but a half an hour comedy Mm -hmm. makes more sense. Mm -hmm. Remember when uh, Mandalorian first came out? Weren't the first couple episodes like 35 minutes and they were kind of short. They got longer, but people were going, wait, this is too short for a, a dramatic adventure film.
0: What was great about The Mandalorian is it delivered the goods. Oh yeah. The applause to John Favreau for refusing all of the money that could have been made well in advance, getting the baby Grogu merch ready to roll out ahead of that episode, but keeping that a secret, even at, 35 minutes, it was still perfect. It was still great introduction of the world, the character, and set up the premise.
1: Well, I'm just glad that um, Reg Juan is, is staying with it. Mm. And I just watched a great Netflix movie called Do Revenge. I've seen that title. What is that about? Oh, my gosh. Mm. It stars Camille Mendez, mm-hmm. who is on... Well, Riverdale, mm-hmm. and then Maya Hawk. Mm-hmm. And it's basically a Mean Girls meets Dangerous Liaisons mm-hmm. meets uh, Heathers meets Strangers on a Train. And it is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. The acting is so amazing. And what she gets out of these two actresses, of not everybody, mm-hmm. the, the she meaning the director is, is just, it just blows your mind. And, and even Devin, poor Devin, he had a bad day so uh, I taught him the best way to de-stress is to watch a movie. So he watched this, and it made him feel good. It's, it's sort of a feel-good movie too. <laughs> <It's>, well, mean <laughs>
0: girls and dangerous liaisons, yeah. and, and what was the, uh, the the third
1: movie? Strangers that? on a train. Oh, I, and, and, and that made him feel good. <laughs> well, over. because it's it's got so many twists and but it's done in a very light way mm-hmm. and Maya Hawke right now is you know she's basically doing light comedy mm-hmm. or light drama and and she's amazing and of course Wait Camille a minute. M-
0: that's Ethan Hawke's daughter isn't it
1: Oh yeah, yeah yeah I think she did this right after Stranger Things no. but I'm noticing that things that are directed by women mm-hmm. somehow have a better feel to it and there's nothing in this that's awkward There's nothing in it that's going, oh, that embarrasses me or that shouldn't be there. Whereas if you look at other romance comedies and stuff like that, there could be, you know, from a men's point of view, sometimes it could get a little frat boyish. But this doesn't have any of that. And I feel that if they just bring in more women and, and more, you know, also people of color and to do what they do, that we're going to get a different feel when it comes to movies and TV shows.
0: Speaking of female directors, though, I mean, we of course have Bryce Dallas Howard, who directed two episodes of The Mandalorian. Right. Likewise, one of Book of Boba Fett, which, by the way, we asked on our last show about how Boba Fett and Fennec Shand were coming to- Oh, that's uh, right. uh, Coming
1: to- um, galaxy's edge at
0: disneyland well yeah and, and luckily uh loyal lucas looking at lucas home listener chris paul or uh, reached out with this Hi, info, <laughs> and he mentioned that his family had been at disneyland in late august and early september of this year and that we saw uh, boba fett and fennec shand on separate days in the space between the marketplace at black sparrow Outpost and the rise of resistance ride and it was kind of intrigued. That's like, why there? And so did a little research and uh, pulled up an article that Brandy McDonald, a wonderful writer for the Orange County Register, did back in July of last year where he actually got a hold of Scott Trowbridge, the Imagineer who's the creative executive in charge of the Star Wars portfolio at the Disney Parks. And Brady just get basically got Scott to talk about the loose construct that Galaxy's Edge is. And that, yes, when the land opened in May of 2019, virtually all of the storytelling they were initially telling was, as Scott says, was set around a limited, pretty limited chunk of time and a a limited group of characters. uh, Kylo Ren, Ray, and the timeline was set specifically between the end of Last Jedi, and the beginning of Rise of Skywalker. But then, in November of 2019, when Disney Plus debuted, and and since they knew they had The Mandalorian coming, a decision was made to bump out the, the Star Wars stories that could be told in this section of Disneyland, you know, a much broader length of time. Now, mind you, this is only in Anaheim. You know, Walt Disney World's Galaxy's Edge is still sort of locked down between Last Jedi and The Rise of Skywalker.
1: Is that because of the hotel? That's because of the hotel. Okay, all right.
0: So as Scott said it, the idea of expanding Star Wars Galaxy's Edge beyond a single moment of time was now ready to be put into action. But how do you do this? People are still there to see Kylo Ren. They're still there to see Ray. but they also want to see Boba Fett and Fennec Shand. So the <laughs> imaginary solution is the story bubble.
1: Didn't you mention before mm-hmm. that there are three different entrances from Disneyland into Galaxy's Edge? There are. There are. So this could be where the bubbles are? I wonder about that.
0: And they don't necessarily like to be specific about that. In fact, McDonald talked with Stro- Trowbridge about this, and it wasn't necessarily – he didn't want to talk about characters. He wanted to talk about what stories can we tell – at Galaxy's Edge. So, okay. and it specifically says it's less about a list of characters that may appear in Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, but what stories make sense for them to participate in there? Because not every character we meet throughout our Star Wars storytelling can intersect with the story of Black Spire Outpost. So he goes on to say it makes perfect sense that bounty hunters like Boba Fett, Fennec Shand, and of course the Mandalorian, okay. you know, they could be in a shady outer rim thing like Batu. So it made sense for
1: those characters to be there, but not everybody. Well, do they have enough room at, say, the Disney World's Galaxy's Edge that they could make a bubble, that they could make another part of Galaxy's Edge as the original Star Wars, as the prequels, or, or whatever, to where you could go through a mist, through a tunnel, and then all of a sudden you're in Tantooine or go in Myth, you know, and then all of a sudden you're in Corsican or. Well, things like that. Okay. I mean, Here... it just seems to be that they're focused on one thing, mm-hmm. and everybody loves everything of Star Wars, and they still want to see Darth Vader. They still want to see Obi-Wan Kenobi. They still want to see these these people they grew up on, and especially the older generation, and they're the ones that spend spending a lot of money. They are,
0: they are. And speaking of spending a lot of money, the thing of the folks who go on the Galactic Star Cruiser... Once they come off the ship for their shore day, the, the idea is they take the shuttle down from the Halcyon to Blackspire Outpost. They then have anywhere from three and a half to four hours worth of interaction and errands that they have to run all over the land so that they have then have the experience points that once they get back on board the ship later that same day, the experiences or the, the props or that sort of thing they've gathered down at the surface, then impact what they get to do on the boat for once they return there. And the problem is that the Imagineers made the decision that right. they scatter the, and remember, this is 60 some odd cabins worth of people being sent down right. to the surface. so. This is a couple hundred people at any one time who are running around Star Wars Galaxy's Edge doing things.
1: Now, didn't Len do very well on this? He did. This, he like, did great.
0: savager Hunt. He did, and he got to do the the highly prized
1: Yoda hologram. The thing that Star Wars fans see and weep. Now he did. He did this at the beginning, so a lot of people weren't talking about that. Mm-hmm. But now a lot of people have talked about it. So are more people. Getting to see this this, um, hologram and and getting to be pulled into this?
0: Only if they do all of the stuff they're supposed to do on down on the planet surface, which again, brings us back to the problem. Are you going to do it? (laughs) Well, I, I, I want to see a Yoda hologram. I do. I do. But at the same time, I am kind of concerned that they don't want people to be distracted from their tasks. So that's why supposedly Florida won't get the Mandalorian and Grogu, or for that matter, Boba Fett and Fennec
1: Shand, because. But is there enough space there to build something else?
0: It's a lot of rock and concrete
1: okay okay
0: I've been told there's an expansion pad there but it you know and it is Florida that there, there's always room for things
1: well there's nothing wrong with like at Disneyland there's that parking lot mm-hmm. that we always hope there's something's gonna be there so what if there's some kind of space shuttle that goes from galaxy's edge mm-hmm. and brings you to you know through time mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I just, Star Wars to me is everything, but come on. The the first one. Yeah. I mean, Princess Leia, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's a trap, you know, just things like that mm-hmm. are just, are what gets a lot of people. And, you know, a lot of people who are going on the, the ship, mm-hmm. they're older mm-hmm. and they have the families. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I just, I think it w- they didn't really think about it. I will Too much uh, You know uh, Well look You know When they
0: were Working on this And again remember We were just talking About 2015 And they made The Force Awakens And they made A movie that made Two billion Sixty million dollars So they're like, oh, this is a good idea. Let's build everything around this new trilogy, not anticipating that you can look at the box office for the next two films and it's like a set of stairs. It's like, you know, oh, we made less on on Last Jedi and ooh, we made a lot less. You know, I mean, v- almost half of what The Force Awakens is what The Rise of Skywalker made. But by then, you get the steel's in the ground. There, there are people
1: sculpting the rocks for Batuu. You right. know, so. Well, I still love it. I still am glad they have something like that. I just hope that they get a drink better than blue milk, mm. so we can like drink our weight in it, like if like butterbeer. Yes. beer. But still
0: okay. <laughs> I would love to see Cassian Endor or wandering around Blackfire Outpost. Though, from what we saw in the last episode, he's not going anywhere soon. But oh, that's a spoiler. Nope. <laughs> okay, uh, all right. Tell you what, folks, give us a sec here. When we get back, we will uh, start talking in depth about the last couple of episodes of Star Wars Andor.
1: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
0: A week from today, October 26th, Tales of the Jedi, a new animated series from Lucasfilm, debuts on Disney+. And Brian, you dug down into this, so it's six episodes, is that correct?
1: Yeah, there's still six, six episodes. Three, I think, are going to be about uh, a young Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. And then the other ones are going to be about other characters. I think Dooku is mm-hmm. is one of them. But they're not long. Mm-hmm. They're all between 10 minutes and 17 minutes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they got, um, there's titles like uh, Life and Death, mm-hmm. which is uh, written by Dave Filoni. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justice, again, written by Dave. I think Dave wrote them all. So life and death, justice, the Sith Lord. Mm-hmm. Practice makes perfect. Coda and choices. Mm-hmm. So no, he didn't write write choices, but he wrote everything else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I just yeah. So they're coming out. They're not long, but they're all they're shorts, mm-hmm. which I think is a it's it's a good thing to have because. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you don't have a half an hour, but you always have 17 minutes.
0: Okay. And Dave wrote five of them, but Saul Ruiz appears to have directed four of the pile here.
1: So definitely worth checking out. Didn't he all write them on a plane trip or something? I, I don't think Or come I've... up with the ideas? I think I heard the at at the um Star Wars celebration he said that he was on a, air, a plane trip and he came up with these ideas and he wrote all the ideas all six ideas down in you know during the plane trip. Wow. Okay. That's why it's good to fly business class.
0: <laughs> Let me guess. One story for each peanut that was in that little yeah, bag. There you go. Okay. And looking back toward the calendar we are now two months out, basically, from Christmas. And you came across some, some rather fun Star Wars-related
1: holiday or items. Yeah, this is so great mm-hmm. because, as you know, it's not the holiday season. It's not even Halloween unless Christmas is around the corner. Mm-hmm. And I think it was in August I went to Costco and they had the Christmas trees. <sighs> so that was very nice. Um I was singing Christmas carols to myself. Mm-hmm. But the neat things is they, they have across the board... Things that every Star Wars fan will love. One is, of course, you know, from Hasbro, and they're coming out with a clone trooper helmet and it has a voice changer technology. Mm-hmm. Now I wonder if the voice that comes out of it is a New Zealand voice. <laughs> yeah. A New Zealand accent. W- would it be? I mean, that would be- uh, but, you know. <laughs> you know uh, Darth Vader came out low and, you know, okay. so I don't know, it should be. Okay. Um, also, there's uh, DC Shoes are coming out with a- a kid product. It's a Boba Fett snow gear. Mm-hmm. And it's got little boots and it's got a poncho and the whole thing. And it's it's like they're, and it's all in camouflage. Mm-hmm. So it's like they're kowtowing to the survivalist group out there. <laughs> Look, daddy, now I can be Boba Fett too, just like you and your friends. <laughs> All right. Now the ultimate. Now I have the other one, mm-hmm. the other Lego set, but they're coming out with the Razor mm. Ultimate Lego set. Ooh. And my my son's twenty one years old, mm-hmm. and I I taught him if he could stay away from things that will you know alter his mind too much, mm-hmm. but he needs to get rid of stress. Mm-hmm. So what he does is he goes out and he gets the latest Lego thing and. Mm-hmm. This is major, mm-hmm. so this could be equivalent to three hangovers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do we know how many pieces, or, or do I not want to ask about this? I don't think they said how many pieces, but mm-hmm. it's if it's the ultimate, mm-hmm. the, there's got to be pieces that are just like so minuscule, you'll like inside maybe or okay. It, I I think it's going to be cool to to see somebody put that one together. Absolutely. And then, of course, Lennox, Mm -hmm. the, uh, what are they, China? Mm -hmm. They come out with a ornament every year. Mm -hmm. And this one is Darth Vader. Mm -hmm. And he's holding a very big candy cane, Mm -hmm. which he's not even holding it like a lightsaber. Mm -hmm. But it's like this huge candy cane. And it's like, is that a candy cane lightsaber? Or are you just happy to see me?
0: (laughs) Okay. Tip your waiters. Good night. Okay. There we go.
1: (laughs) Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. Tip your waiters. Mm -hmm. And then the best thing, Mm -hmm. the best thing, which I think I'll have to get for myself. Mm -hmm. You've heard of the Galactic Pals? I have. Okay. Well, they're coming out with an Ewok plush. Mattel's coming out with this. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, like, get them why they're young, Avina. Get them why they're young. (laughs) I mean, bring in the, you know, have them spend the dollar, the almighty dollar when they're young and they know this is what makes me happy. Wow. I so, could
0: just uh, you applaud the Andrew Lloyd Webber reference in there. That's, well, wow. Okay. Well, that's the
1: first thing that came to me. It's like, you let them drink the Kool-Aid. Yep. Okay. So. And yeah, that, that those are the big five ones. I'm sure there's going to be other things. Of course, Hallmark has theirs, mm-hmm. and um, also Walmart and Target always have a a neat little group of Star Wars or ornaments and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it, it's it's just like one of the you know, but it, it's not like the same. Remember the Disney stores mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. all the great ornaments they had there. Yeah, you so.
0: uh, I and and. Let's face it. You know, given the timing, we aren't going to get. I mean, I, I guess there are Cassian or, or Star Wars Andor T-shirts out there, and maybe
1: posters and that sort of thing. But and there's a there's a um, pop Funko too. Oh, but okay. There's not. There's nothing else. I haven't seen any Black Series or any kind of figures for Andor. I'm looking for my Luthan as a
0: happy, deceptive shopkeeper. That would be great. That would
1: be great. Oh, I want I want a Claren one as she, you know, when she's the glam when mm-hmm. she's fit. well. We'll talk about okay, that
0: later. okay. Now, <laughs> since we last talked about Star Wars Andor, that we've had actually three episodes go by. One of the reasons I insisted that we record tonight is so that Brian and I could actually talk in real time having just viewed episode seven. But man, a lot has gone on. And I'm going to leave it to you to try to recap this. So, (laughs) because, you know, when last we left off, Luthen had recruited Cassian for this
1: heist of an imperial payroll. Episode four is basically... It didn't put the the people in place yet. It just introduced the characters. Mm -hmm. And we still had, um, you know, we still were watching Cyril and his mother, Mm -hmm. which is one of the funniest and most awkward things I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. And what kind of, what what is he, what's that cereal he's eating?
0: I I don't know, but you gotta love Lucasum. They're still trying to make the blue milk thing work.
1: Yeah, yeah, they're still doing it. They they had that blue milk anywhere. And it's really weird from his, his, bedroom mm-hmm. did you see like outside the window it's it's very you, you it's looking up mm-hmm. at everything yeah but there's that one shot that he wakes up and there's this sun mm-hmm. just in his face but then all of a sudden it's gone yeah so he's seeing the light and then it just walks away from him so he's really he again it seems to be a theme mm-hmm. he's a broken man yep
0: but remember he's a man who is broken by cassian That, again, this is all the fault of one man. And we sit and watch that fester.
1: Yeah, well, so originally, the first arc was basically Cassian's origin story. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if we're going to see a lot of those people again. We do see some of them in episode seven, but I think they're basically going to be in our rearview mirror. Mm -hmm. But the second arc is basically a heist. Mm -hmm. And also, the heist is, I don't know if you'd call it a MacGuffin, But it's the thing that keeps everything, starts everything. Mm -hmm. It starts the revolution. It starts the imperials, the empire, Mm -hmm. to realize that something is going on. Mm -hmm. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Okay. So the heist is basically it. Goes back to like the those um World War II heist movies, you know, Guns of Navarone or yep. eagles There, yep. and even Kelly's Heroes mm-hmm. because Goldson in, in is involved. Mm-hmm. Kelly's Heroes, I think, is one of the most underrated films. Okay, but you call the gym, they get away with it. Mm-hmm. But as in Ro- Rogue One, mm-hmm. almost everybody dies because they don't populate a new hope or beyond. So, characters that we thought, okay, maybe they might. You know, hang out for a little bit, mm-hmm. especially Nemec, mm-hmm. who turns out to be one of, you know, I think he's one of everybody's favorite characters. Mm-hmm. His legs get crushed, and then they fill him full of adrenaline to get them through the eye, mm-hmm. and and they escape with the money. Mm-hmm. And Gorn, who was fed up with everything, with the garrison, mm-hmm. with the Empire, he gets killed, Terramin gets killed, and then there's the surprise, mm-hmm. The thing that just, they get, they basically get away with it. But as always in a heist, something goes wrong. Mm -hmm. There's always a fly in the ointment. And this is one of the corporals who thinks there's something wrong. So he goes down there and he starts a whole war. And that's why a lot of people get killed, but they get away with 80 million credits. Mm -hmm. So that's substantial. So as they get away, they go, through the eye, which is this amazing meteor shower Mm -hmm. that it it mixes the Aurora Borealis with falling stars. Mm -hmm. And it's just beautiful. And then there's also subplots of the the Daharis going to the temple and how our squad gets in by, first of all, following the Daharis (laughs) and then following the commander and his family in. And yes, they get away with it, which... You kind of like I said, you called it, and then at the they go to a planet where this armed doctor tries to save Nemec, which was just amazing special effects. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, it was it it had to be CGI, right? It wasn't. You don't think it was practical or hard to say? I mean, I it, it is hard to say. It's entirely possible to
0: do you know the doctor with two arms, and then in post put you know insert the other. Oh, the that's Dutch right.
1: Button. Yeah. So anyway, while they're waiting to find out what's happening with them, they meaning Skeen and Andor, Skeen basically makes Andor an offer mm-hmm. that they take the ship, leaving Vel, you know, leaving Vel there mm-hmm. and split the money. And Andor says, well, I thought you were a a rebel. And he goes, I am a rebel. It's me against everyone. And then he realizes that even if he helped him, he's not going to let him live. Mm-hmm. So he takes out Skeen. Mm-hmm. And he goes to Vel, tells him that Skeen was planning on... This was what he was planning all the time. And says, I just want what's owed to me. Mm-hmm. And he takes his credits and he leaves. But the other stories that are going on is you have Deidre, mm-hmm. who is the supervisor and she's realizing there's something going on these military things are missing like a um specific pieces of high tech equipment you know yeah mm-hmm. but yeah and it, it's it seems like it's random mm-hmm. well like she says it's too random to be random mm-hmm. and she realizes something's going on here but she's got this nemesis named Blevin mm-hmm. who is basically just If you look in the supervisor's room Mm -hmm. where everybody's talking, she and one other female Mm -hmm. are the only females in the whole thing surrounded by, it's got to be what, 30 men? Mm -hmm. So nobody takes her seriously. And she just feels that there's something going wrong. Meanwhile, Cyril's mother tells him that Uncle Harlow didn't think he was set out Mm -hmm. to be doing police work and then maybe he can get him another kind of job. And so you're just, you're just watching his, he going down and down and down. And then you're watching Deidre and she's not being listened to, but she feels that something's going wrong. And it's like what I, I think um, Andor said at the beginning, he says that they don't care about us. Mm-hmm. They don't see us. We can just walk in and take something because they don't worry about us, mm-hmm. but now they're going to have to worry about them. And that's where episode seven comes in. There
0: is that wonderful scene where Mont- Monta—I uh, I, I, want to say her name Monmota. Manmota—shows up unannounced at Luthen's Collectibles place, and you know, under you know, sort of the uh, you know the, the ruse of oh, my husband liked this but doesn't love this, and then. You know, uh, is immediately did you do this and to do what? You know, because
1: uh, yeah, he denies it right away.
0: Uh-huh. But and as far as Luther is concerned, this had to happen. This was, you know, this was the the rebellion needed an inciting event. I mean, it needed money. That's where the eighty million credits comes in. But it needed the inciting event. It needed the. The Empire to overreach, and boy, do they
1: overreach. To what, what did they say? What did um, Yularen say? Mm. He said, we are going to close the fist. Yep. Mm-hmm. And didn't Princess Leia? hmm What did she say uh, to, the m- I think it was Vader, no, to Tarkin.
0: Yeah, something to the effect that the more you tighten your fingers, the more star systems slip to your hands or something, that effect? your,
1: yeah. So, and that's exactly what's happening here. Mm-hmm and that's what luther wanted i mean the empire was just keeping people in check mm-hmm. and they weren't pissing people off enough mm-hmm. for them to fight back mm-hmm. but now this is going to a mm-hmm. they're going to see somebody did it mm-hmm. so we can do this and b it's going to cause it's causing the empire to be more using more draconian measures mm-hmm. to get people more pissed off and then more people will join the resistance.
0: That brings me to one of the more intriguing moments I think in the show is that Cassian going back and you know basically with the hope of collecting his adopted mother Marva and I have the money I can let's get out of here. Let's go someplace warm and and she now wants to stay because for the first time she has hope in regard to the rebellion and it's like oh god no <laughs> you know uh you know I, and that was the thing to to watch poor cassian his face when he realized that he had gone home again hoping to be happy hoping to get people out and it's like and that's not what that's what's happening at all
1: no well i think one of the reasons is because that's where her husband Whose name was Clem? Yeah, was killed, mm-hmm. and you see in a flashback that he was killed by. Um, it's it's like one of those horrible things that you see. It mm-hmm. shouldn't have happened, yeah. and it's just horrible. And then and now you know why Andor was in um, the what was it Sifo detention center mm-hmm. when he was thirteen mm-hmm. because he went after. Mm-hmm. Now were those clone?
0: I want to say yes. But again, okay. it would, this is what is fascinating to me about Cassian and Endor that it, it is genuinely a tapestry. There are so many different story threads and, you know, the the even how they handle the uh, the flashbacks, or the, you know, the, the the crucial backstory elements. It's all, you know, getting it unveiled. You we have our main story just charging ahead, but you'll get those sorts of, those kind of flashbacks that will really give you color and understanding of right. how characters got to where they are.
1: And Marva doesn't want to leave because mm-hmm. she sees that Ferex was, was basically where it began mm-hmm. because of, because of Andor and what he did. Mm-hmm. Where Bix thinks the same way, but the opposite, she feels the opposite, like, look what you did, you made this worse, you made this worse for us, mm-hmm. where Marva says, you made this better for us. Mm-hmm. Now we're all going to fight back. And you can see, it's just, it's the two the two sides just coming together. Mm-hmm. But still, it doesn't change Andor's idea at all. He wanted to get the money, he wanted to leave. Mm-hmm. That's all he wanted to do, he didn't care about the Empire versus the Resistant, He had nothing to do with it, so mm-hmm. he takes his money and he leaves. Mm-hmm. Where does he go to Miami?
0: <laughs> yeah, Miami in space, and yeah, what was
1: it? Nemo, Nemo's or I, something. I,
0: I, I want to say yes, and
1: yeah, Nemo. Boy,
0: said. I did not see this turn coming. I mean, mind you. No. They did set this up in the big meeting at the Empire where they just talked about, again, as they they tightened the fist, taxes must be paid in full and previous penalties, every jail sentence must become the maximum.
1: Yes, so they set this up. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but to see that story thread paid off or introduced at the end of, of episode seven for me was shocking i mean i
1: I know he goes by the he he's got a new identity mm-hmm. Keith Grigo Yep. and he he has a a, a girlfriend mm-hmm. he's living in a nice place or maybe they're just visiting maybe they're in a hotel mm-hmm. and he gets caught up in something similar to what happened to his father mm-hmm. and then we see what are the xKs. Mm-hmm. We see, no, the KX, the KX droids. Yep. Now, um, you know, everybody wants to see KS-90 or whatever his name is. Mm-hmm. But um, this is the first time we see them and there's there's security droids, mm-hmm. droids. And as you said, the fist, it used to be a six-month sentence mm-hmm. and now it's six, six years. years.
0: Jeez. And this is the thing. I mean, I get that... I, they they mentioned that, you know, this is going to cover, you know, five years worth of story, but it's just sort of like, I did not see this turn coming. I thought he would go to ground and stay hidden. And the fact that literally he's only had his money. In fact, that that was the other thing. You think about he's just been tossed in jail, but he's hidden his funds in that hotel room (laughs) with his, the girl he picked up, you know, at at space Miami. And it's like, where does this go? So what intrigues me so far about Star Wars Andor is the real skill in which the chess pieces have been placed on the board and and moved. And uh, we haven't even talked of the the storyline of Mon Mothma, um, yeah, Monmotha. Okay, Monmotha. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, and how, her and her childhood friend. There we go. And He's how? He's Uh banker. Yeah, that that and that cocktail talk, wandering through the party, where smile and nod and six minutes. Yeah, it was a long scene. It was. It was. And but it was interesting to watch how it sort of teetered back and forth, where he was like. I don't know as I should be talking with you because my politics have become, you know, rather radical. And it's like, oh, honey, <laughs> you know, yeah. let me talk to you about politics. And the whole time, they have been also delineating the strain on her marriage, the strain of her relationship with her daughter, and the fact that when we see this woman later in the Star Wars saga, there is no mention of daughter, there is no mention of husband. So, husband. I have a, a very uneasy feeling that this part of the story does not end well. But at the same time, I felt confident about the heist. At this point, Brian, I have no idea where this story is going with him now supposedly being assigned to jail for six years. And more to the point, Cyril is now appearing to be yeah.
1: in a- Oh my God, he's in a Kafka nightmare. Yeah, yeah.
0: How do we get all of these pieces back into play?
1: Well, there was some foreshadowing. Okay, remember when his mother said, mm-hmm. "Your collar is too high," and this shows that you have no self confidence mm-hmm. and that y- you're you're trying to be better than everybody. Mm-hmm. And then you cut to Deidre Mera, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. who is a supervisor, and she's got a high collar. Mm-hmm. But then when he goes to the, when Cyril goes to the interview, mm-hmm. his collar looks lower. Mm-hmm. So he listens to his mother. But in that, the foreshadowing is, I think that they're going to connect somehow. Mm-hmm. That they're going to, that she's going to find out that he knows something mm-hmm. and she's going to bring him into the mix. And he all of a sudden will be um, Jarve. Mm-hmm. I just feel that he's in there. I mean, why else would they, we be Oh, no no, him. no, 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 no,
0: no, I, no. I, yeah. I think you're totally correct there. I think that is the eventual path for this character, but I'll be damned if I can see how that happens oh, I know. at this point. I, know. And, and l- I don't
1: know how that's going to happen either. But mm-hmm. remember the scene near the end mm-hmm. where her, um, I guess, adversary, the Imperials are the antagonists, mm-hmm. okay? No doubt about that. We don't like them. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden, we're rooting mm-hmm. for Supervisor Mira. Mm-hmm. Against, you know, because we know that even though she's figuring it out, mm-hmm. we're going, yeah, she's figuring out going, wait, no, mm-hmm. no, we don't want her to figure out. But Bevan tries to take her down mm-hmm. and she starts telling people, mm-hmm. no, this is what's happening. There's something going on here. Mm-hmm. And what's his name? Parkhart's. Mm-hmm. He realizes, the major realizes that she's right. And he shuts Bevan down. And it was really weird because here, here are the antagonists, but I was rooting for her. Mm-hmm. But in rooting for her, mm-hmm. it starts them realizing what the resistance is doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was really weird. How they the writing was brilliant in that way that you're rooting for somebody who is the enemy.
0: Yeah, and at the same time, though, what was kind of interesting was to you know walk with me and yeah, the warning as they're patting you that watch your back. <laughs> Yes, you have my attention and let's pursue this idea, but also be aware that, you know, you now have a target on your back. And-
1: but when he said well played, yep. there was so much, mm-hmm. like, he really, not appreciated, but he realized that the way she did it mm-hmm. was, you know, she knocked down the queen, yep. she won. Mm-hmm. Or the king, yep. I should say. So
0: we have five episodes left in the first season.
1: And they say it's two arcs, and, and the next arc is three, and then the last two is arc. The same director mm-hmm. um, that directed this one is directing the last two.
0: I think this is masterful storytelling.
1: Oh, yeah. All right. But
0: what do you make of the the news that in comparison to Obi-Wan or Book of Boba Fett or Mandalorian, Star Wars Andor is the lowest viewed Star Wars series On Disney Plus to date.
1: Yeah. First of all, except for Mm Obi-Wan, all the other shows are episodic. Mm -hmm. This one is contained movies Mm -hmm. in the arcs. Okay. I think what's happening is people saw the first three and I think the first three did pretty well. Mm -hmm. And now they're going to wait. They're going to see them in arcs and they're going to binge them because this is a bingeable show because there's so much going on that each arc has a different vibe to it. And if you're watching it episodically like we are, things start meshing and and getting a little bit confused. If you watch them in the arcs, then you, you feel more like you're... Developing the story, I mean, because the second arc, a very slow burn until the last episode, mm-hmm. but everybody was set up, and it was it was tension. You were you were just seeing like people going around about their day, and and because this is prequels, mm-hmm. we know that some people survive, and even though we know mm-hmm. that Andor will survive, well, we didn't know he was going to be in prison, mm-hmm. and probably in prison is where he finds the manifesto and becomes what he is in Rogue One. But after this season, there's 12 more episodes, which will probably be in Arcs of Three also. So I just just feel that people aren't watching it. They're watching it, but they're not watching it like every week, like they watch the other ones. And I think you're going to see that because the reviews are incredible. Yeah, yeah. It's really funny Mm because... I guess they called this episode the more the most Star Wars episode, mm-hmm. and it's because we saw clone mm-hmm. troopers. We saw we still haven't seen a, a lightsaber, mm-hmm. but we've seen more things out of the Star Wars mythology. Mm-hmm. But still, I think people have to you have to show them stuff like that. To get them used to it, to get them ready for other things. I mean, Skeleton Crew mm. could be completely different. Mm. I mean, Acolyte, we know that's going to be different. So Andor, I think, is setting us up to show us that we can do anything in the Star Wars galaxy. It doesn't always have to be Jedi versus Sith. Which
0: brings us back to Taika Watiti's non-Skywalkers right. saga film. and. Supposedly, as of August, that entered development hell. But I'm enjoying this limited series, and I love the fact that I've watched so much television so much film over my lifetime. I can usually predict where a story is going, and I don't know where this is going. Which is no, I don't either. Which is fun for me.
1: But I'm just hoping we're going to see like Saw um, Guerrero, Mm -hmm. and like we'll we'll probably see them next season. But I think next season is just going to be basically the prequel to Rogue One, where this is just the backstory. I think the next season is going to be just lead up to it.
0: Well, I know I bring this up all the time, but the fact that even in the episode that dropped today, you literally had Marva, you know, tell Cassian before he left, you know, to the effect of. And stop this foolish quest for your sister that you weren't responsible right. for what happened. And it's just sort of like forgot about that. And, and but see, that's the thing, and that started this whole thing going. That's it exactly. That's it exactly. So it's it's one of these things where even the cast off story thread circled back in today. So it's like, where's this going?
1: So to people who haven't seen Andor yet and listen to us anyway, we didn't give away many spoilers at all so it won't ruin it for you and if you're waiting to binge it all at one time congratulations to you that you have the the Uh, the word is self-control all right i can't do that but i think i'm i'm definitely i and i i've done it with the other ones i did it with um, obi-wan and i'm definitely gonna binge this at one time Mm -hmm. to all 12 hours because it's such a i mean the acting for you know alone Mm -hmm. is just enough to just make you happy that these people and these things exist
0: tony gilroy between the writing and the directing done an amazing job but five more to go and be interesting to see where we end at at the end of our season one and speaking of ending folks we're going to wrap up right now so uh tell you what brian
1: can you tell folks where can they find you on social media um, I have a Twitter account. It's Geek with Children, and Children is spelled C H I L D R N. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'm on Twitter, and and I throw things up there every once in a while. Cool,
0: cool. Uh, social media for us, uh, you can find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram as Jim Hill Media, and over on Facebook as Jim Hill Media News. Uh, also want to remind you, we have a couple other podcasts here. Uh, we got, of course, Disney dish that I do with Len Testa. Uh, likewise, we have fine tuning, which I do with Drew Taylor. And we of course have marvelous Disney, which I do in our, with Aaron Adams. And if you could do Brian and I a favor, if you could head, head over to Apple podcasts and rate and recommend the, the, the show you're listening to right now, looking at Lucasfilm, that would be helpful. Thank you for listening to Brian and myself and we'll be back with a brand new looking at Lucasfilm very, very soon.